Hey, Corey girl. Hey, Charlie Penn. Hey, Yolanda girl. Hey, girl. Girl, who do we have on the show today? We have Angie Nwandu from The Shade Room. Ooh, the black TMZ. I love it. I'm obsessed. Receipts. And who else do we have, Charlie? We have insecure showrunner Prentice Penny and his wife Tasha Penny. And they have the cutest love story ever. We have a lot to talk about before we get there. So much. There is so much going on. Can we just get right in there? Let me tell you. Somebody tried to come for, or some men's, some men's tried to come we for Maxine. Congresswoman <laughs> Maxine Waters and journalist, respected journalist. White House April, correspondent. Hello. Who's been doing this with how many presidents? Please. April Ryan. I mean, it Girl. was, it, when it, if it wasn't on Fox with two Fox um, commentators, and that was Bill O'Reilly, I don't even care to know the other guy's name, who called, who told Maxine Waters she needs to put down the crack pipe. Can you imagine? And, and then Bill uh, O'Reilly, what did he say about her wig? Her saying James. he can't even pay attention to her because of the James Brown wig that she's wearing. This man is so disrespectful. So social media was not letting them have it. Nope. Thank you, Black Twitter. Uh, black Twitter went off. And as we know, the fact that we were they were so angry about what happened to them, it started the hashtag, hashtag Black Women at Work. And as you know, that topic is very dear to our hearts here at Essence. And using the hashtag, what was happening is everyone on Twitter is basically sharing what it's like to be a black woman at work. Oh that goodness. shared corporate experiences. We have some horrible experiences being black women and especially in positions of power or yeah. management. Right. And I mean, when you're just reading them, my heart just kept saying, amen, amen, amen. Retweet. Amen. You know, what retweet. Got me was um, last week's podcast guest, um, Gina Prince Bythewood said how she would be pulling up to her parking spot, you know, for her show. Hello. And then someone was like, Oh no, the maids go park over here. They did Ooh. not. Yes, they did. She what? put it up on Twitter. You oh know what goodness. gets me? What gets me is, and this is obviously before working at Black Girl Magic Headquarters. Working at Essence is a blessing. Yeah. But what used to get me is you'd be in a, you're in a meeting and you are talking and you have something to say. You have an idea and someone just cuts you right the hell off. Yep. Yep. Like your mouth is still open. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're just like, actually, what we, and then they say what you said. Never say like you said. Yeah. And then every time you try to open you your, your mouth, they just come for it. Like, I, like I mean, it's like you don't even get to put some punctuation in that sentence. Yolanda, you ever had a, an instance? What happened, oh, girl? I have so many. Um, I have one, you know, in publishing, which may, a lot of people may not know, there's a lot of racism. And it's usually white women, you know, towards black women. And I think we get this rosy idea of publishing. But, girl, it's cutthroat in publishing. Mm -hmm. I remember I had an editor once tell me, I was interviewing, and she said to me, well, you know, here we hire people we can relate to. Mm. I was like, oh, well, I'm a black African woman from uh, the motherland, so you definitely don't relate to me. I mean, I mm -mm. was like, why are you even saying that? We read but in it's between like, those lines. You know, in publishing, it's it's actually, you know, what we see on the pages of many magazines and people have been complaining about mm -hmm. for decades mm -hmm. is usually a reflection of what's happening in the newsroom of that magazine. So, girl, stay woke because there's a lot. And it's just, it saddens me because we're all women. We all know what it is to be women, you know, mm -hmm. not no matter what your race is. And so to be treated that way by, you know, other women is really tough. And I feel like it's so hard for us to get the jobs. And then we're the first ones out too. Oh God. Whenever I hear about some layoffs, especially in publishing, mm -hmm. it's always people of color. Another thing that was burning up Twitter this weekend um, was the black young women who were going missing, black and Latino missing, went mm -hmm. missing in D.C. But the thing that was sort of heartbreaking was that the news that was reported was incorrect. Mm -hmm. um, we even did our own story about it where we looked at it. it. The incorrect news was that, you know, 14 girls did not go missing 
in this 24-hour period. Right. But what it showed was that there is still, the truth of the matter is there is a discrepancy in the black, when black teens and Latina teens go missing, come in the reporting of it, compared to when white teens go missing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And but what was really beautiful was to see the outpouring of love that Twitter and social media had in getting this attention. Although it was misplaced and misguided mm-hmm. a bit, but it was still there that this is something that really means something special to that's something that speaks to our heart about that. But uh unfortunately yeah, I the mean news everybody wasn't right. I know and I wish it had been and we have to talk about that a little bit. I mean, th- w- right now we see something. What do you, what do you call it? Couch, um, couch activism, mm-hmm. sofa act, mm-hmm. like sofa act. Like you see it, you retweet it, you share it, and you don't check the facts. Mm-hmm. And we're all journalists mm-hmm. in this room, mm-hmm. okay? So we know that it's great to pass the information along. But you remember that game we played when we were kids, telephone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like if you just keep passing something along, and someone retweets and adds it, we don't know what's true anymore. So. Um, Bravo, everybody, for the retweets. But let's all just be collectively responsible for making sure that we're sharing the right information, Mm -hmm. especially if something's going viral. I had to check myself because during that epic night that Viola Davis won her Oscar, yay again, Viola, receipt, (laughs) she... I was, you know, on Twitter and retweeting someone that said, like, oh, my God, she's like one step away from getting that ego. And I was like, yes, yes, girl, yes. And then um, I think it was Yolanda, your tweet. You were like, "Uh, this is not correct. (laughs) Um, Whoopi Goldberg, (laughs) you know, had it first. first. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think the tweet was that. Viola has it, but there's like she's she didn't break any records by winning that. You know, I think the, the way it was recouched later was that she's the first person to win a Tony, a, a uh, Oscar, Oscar and a Emmy for acting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if we got to do that many levels of it, I was like, it's a lot. Yeah. But let's just ca- congratulate Viola for winning that Oscar because yes, that's what course. she did. So yes. keep on doing it, girl. Yes, we're so proud. But yeah, just so we have to get our try to get our facts right in the world of viral news. We have to really think about what Take we're spreading. Time. And speaking of viral, girl, the back to the shade room because yes, anything girl. that's gone viral is on the shade room. Yes. I feel like that's my morning news feed. I'm not even going to lie to you Me guys. Too. I wake up like out of my sleep, headscarf on like, what did I miss? What's the Angie room? talking about today? What happened? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be late. Yeah. I know. Love it. And if someone's in my DM, it's from the shade room. And I know she's going to go into it later during our interview, but I love those people. The What do you call the roommates? Yeah, roommates. When the they roommate. go in, who has the time to go through and check comments? Uh, they don't that, miss anything. They don't miss anything. Shout out to the roommates. Shout out to the roommates. I'm a roommate. I, I am definitely a Honorary. Roommate. I just got to bring my comforter over. <laughs> Girl, we roomies. Well, let's pull up and get cozy for our interview with Miss Angie in the shade room. Coming up next. Yolanda girl. Corey girl. Girl, it is, ooh, it is after Black Women in Hollywood. Mm. The morning after. I'm still in fresh though. Oh my God. Because we have somebody in there who got the tea. You better stay fresh in front of this. (laughs) The the capital T. Oh my God. This is Angie Nwandu from The Shade Room. The Shade Room. Hi. Are we honorary roommates today? Yes, definitely. Let me me classify what a roommate is. People are always wondering what is a roommate? A roommate is anyone that follows The Shade Room, whether you really follow or not but if you're going on the page every day you are a roommate and if you comment if you like you're a roommate so that's what a roommate is well 
I hope our visitors all, but I know they all know what the shade room is. But the shade room is um, a little over 8.3 million followers. Girl. Over 12 million all, across all social media platforms. Oh my God. Yes. Give me that footprint. Give me that digital footprint. You know, one I got more time. to over 12 million across all, all digital platforms. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the best part is black owned. Mm-hmm. 100% black owned. Wow. Female Woman owned. owned. Independent. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but let me tell y'all how I found about the shade room. Mm-hmm. Way over in Zanzibar. I'm not trying to name drop. They got Wi-Fi? No, Girl, I'm kidding. Got, you know how, wait, you, you talking about, about Zanzibar I'm the not, club? No, I'm talking no. about Zanzibar. <laughs> I was like, what? She was like, you talking about DC? I, mean, I gotta no, make sure. I gotta make sure. <laughs> no, okay. Zanzibar in Africa. Yes. <laughs> Way on the... Yes. Looking at the Indian Ocean, I'm there with Vanessa MD, mm-hmm. who's like the Beyonce of Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's over there with her manager. They got blah blah blah. Oh, there's some some just posted on the shade room. Some some just. Posted. I was like, oh, this must be an African thing, you know. And then I looked. I said, that's American like celebrity news. And she's like, yeah, but we yes. follow it. We live oh for it. What she talking about? Lagos is our second biggest city. Really? What? Like, get what? Mexico is a big country for us. India. I mean, let me tell y'all something. Let me tell you. This is what I learned, and it took me a long time to learn this. Right? Is that. When I when I started the shade room, it was meant to be for us by us, mm-hmm. you know, for black people by black people, and it was meant to take control of the narrative that we have of ourselves because I don't think that we should be in a box. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like I don't mm-hmm. think we should be in a box. I think that black people can talk about gossip just like everybody else. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why should we limit ourselves in the things that we can do? But I think that we should be able to do it in our way and present it the way that we would like it to be presented. Mm-hmm. And so it's a reflection of the people. And the whole time, everybody was like. Don't, you know, be more mainstream. Start talking about white people news and start doing, you know, stop stop focusing so much on black people because you can't get big. Mm-hmm. And I was like, get out of my face. Herschel mm-hmm. out of my face. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I was like, you know, but then I thought about it and I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. And I don't care if it restricts me to just focus on black news and black culture and everything black. You know what I mean? And to speak from a black voice. Because a lot of times the things we do is provocative. We're mm-hmm. like, no. You know, like we, we, we are clearly coming from a black perspective. Yes. Yeah. But it started to diversify. And all of a sudden, I'm like, all oh, these white people like this. And I would, I would go to, like, you know, the, the offices, and they would be like, uh, it would be middle-aged white men talking about, I love the shade room. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> and I would be like, oh, my God. And then it'll be, an, it'll be I, you know, I'll go, I'll travel, and whoo, it's hot in Nigeria, and it's everywhere, and it's in the U.K., and it's in Canada. And I'm like, black people and black culture is pop culture. It's universal. Yes. Yes. It's mainstream. If yep. you ever think you got to stray from black culture to be hot, you tripping and mm. you really dumb. You know what I mean? Because yeah. black culture is the the culture. And as long as you're focusing and being true to your community, everybody going to love it and everybody going to feel it and that's what what happened with the shade room. Everybody it was we we were focusing on black culture so much that it it, it did it what it did. Look at Scandal. Wow. Majority of people that watch Scandal are not black. Yeah, <laughs> Look true. at Blackish. Yeah. Majority of people that watch Blackish are not black. Yeah. It's just goes to show that, you know, I just want to say it's our time right now in Hollywood. Yeah. They are thirsty. Everybody wants a black platform. Everybody wants black art, black yeah. content. They thirsty. They want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the one thing that I wanted to do with this platform, which is making it hard for me, is I want to own it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we gotta own it this yeah. time. Yeah. We smart enough now. Like we have to own the things and our ideas. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because that's what's gonna the only way to uplift your community is to own your own creative ideas yeah. and yes. culture. Yeah. Think about it. When you look at like Jews, they own their, their culture and their yeah. they that's they have true. a bond. They they help each other. They mm-hmm. build they have their own economy. We have power to be one of the biggest 
communities that ever existed in economically. America yeah, economically. Mm-hmm. But our buying power is like surpassing a trillion. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If we were to own our ideas, our creativity, our platforms, we we gonna be listen. Wow. Listen, we but I'm gonna go, we gonna own Hollywood. That's I'm true. gonna go all the way back to three years ago. Yeah. Where first of all, where where does the name the shade room come from? What inspired that? Okay, look, let me tell you something. I don't know. That's a good question. People have been asking me. I was up in. Let me tell you. Can I tell my story? Oh, I don't, yeah, don't yeah. want to talk too much because I feel like I'm talking too no, much. No, fine. We want. We want. We're very curious. Me. Okay, let me tell you my story. Right, it's all a, a dream. How it all happened. I was. Um, in college, right? I went to Loyola Marymount University. My goal was to be an accountant because I wanted to have a secure future. You're a real African. You yes, I'm a real African. <laughs> and you know, I had the accountant. African influence. You know, my family was like, you need to, you know. My family come from Nigeria. Oh, of course. Okay, cool. So, you know, I had my cousin who was a strong influence in my life. His name was Francis. And he would, you know, I, even though I was in, I grew up in foster care. But even though I did grow up in foster care, I still had my connections to my Nigerian culture, which did so much for me. And I said that in a BuzzFeed article. Like, it did, my Nigerian culture actually influenced me so much because I had two uh, expectations on me. One, I was in foster care and I was perceived as black, and I am black. When you look at me, I'm black, obviously, and I'm, I am black. But I was, you know, a black foster youth who people felt like, oh, you're not going to be anything. Mm-hmm. So I had to live under that expectation and that stigma. And then also I had another expectation and another stigma of being this. Nigerians are one of the most successful immigrants in the in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most One of the most educated as well. And so... Uh, they were like, so when I would walk into a room, they'd be like, oh, but your last name is Wandu. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they expected more of me. And so, like you said, I had a lot of that Nigerian influence. And so, yeah, I wanted to be an accountant because that's what was acceptable. Mm-hmm. I knew deep in my heart. Let me tell you all something. If you have a desire that you cannot shake, that is not just your desire. That's mm-hmm. God's desire for you. Amen. Now, there's this poem by this mm-hmm. poet called Rumi. Mm-hmm. And it's called... Um, uh, who makes these changes? Mm. And the last line of the poem says, "I should I should be suspicious of what I want." You get what I'm saying? Ooh. So I'm not saying to Look always. Look at you, Angie. No, no, I'm you sorry. Are, you out here giving I'm that. Sorry. <laughs> no, but I'm not saying that you should follow every desire. Be suspicious of every desire that you have because some of them are are don't yeah. have any fruit. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But what, but what I'm saying is that when you have a desire deep inside you that you cannot shake, it's inherent into your in, in who you are. Like you know, you're a singer. You just can't shake it, or you know. You know what I mean? Or something. That's not just your desire. It's something placed on you. It's called. It's yeah. like destiny. Mm-hmm. And you have to follow it. When you stop listening, that's when you lose it. And so I had that desire in college to be a writer. I was like, this is what I just know I'm supposed to be a writer. And um, and I would. And this is another thing. How you know you're not on the path to greatness is when you don't have any passion for the things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you can't study like you're supposed to for that test, if you can't, it's just no passion, no nothing. Nothing is driving you to succeed in that. Then that's not it's dead. It's a dead field for you. And so that's what was happening in accounting. And so all my like while I was at that dead end job, anyway, yeah. no, no, no disrespect, Alex, for motorcycle performance. Everything. You know, I love but you know, hey, girl, had to move up. Girl, had to move up. Anyway, so you, you know, know I was saying like, you named the company, but uh, no, but like I was, you know, you know, working there, and I was so depressed, and so I started to like write on my spare time, and so that obviously was pulling me away from my job. And I remember, um, I I finally declared it for the first time. I was like, I am a writer. Mm-hmm. 
fuck what everybody says. I'm a writer, you know? And um, and when I declared that, the un- I'm not going to say the universe because everybody said the universe. I'm going to go ahead and credit God. God was like, okay, you ready? He sent someone to me. Her name was um, Jordana Spiro. And she all of a sudden wanted to write a script about a similar story like my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we collaborated. The story is not about me. Obviously, I wasn't in juvie and all these things that the- we're writing about. But we collaborated. And then, whoo, it went to Sundance. Oh, wow. Wow. It went to Sundance, and then wait, t- which movie is this? Night comes on. Well, it went to Sundance, the Screenwriters uh, uh, Fellowship. You know, wow. it's a program, and it's like really so prestigious. Twelve participants each time, wow. thousands. Of, I mean, literally, it's one of the most prestigious. I read you uh, got in on the first time, and you met people who had boo, been there, like boo. could not get in for Let years. Let me tell you something. Seriously, people like when I was there, people had have been like, you know how long I've tried to get into this wow. program. You ain't even you don't even have a film under your belt. You have no short film under your belt. Okay. You have no experience in film. And then you're partnering with someone who does. Actually, to credit her, she she went to she got her master's. She was on Dexter and all these shows, mm-hmm. and she's she's you know good in her own right. But we partnered together, and this and we got into this prestigious uh, thing. And not only that, we got a Time Warner grant, everything. Mm. And so with that being and and it's uh well I can't say all that, but you know. It's some good things on the horizon for that movie. <laughs> but what I'm saying it into gears. But what I'm saying is is that um once I declare who I was, yeah. then everything started to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. The every the door started to open because I, I finally understood who I was and I knew what I was attracting, you know? And so I, you know, it was at that point, this was happening while I was at that daddy and job. Yeah. So, you know, I'm feeling myself. I'm like, you know what? I listen. <laughs> writing, I don't really see a salary or career, you know, yeah. in this future. But at the same time, uh, you know, I'm like, I know that this didn't happen for any no reason. I need to have faith. What what were you writing about? It was, I was writing. writing about something similar to my life, a foster youth oh. whose um, father killed her mother. Oh. That that did happen to me when I was um, younger. But it was it's slightly different, but I was writing about that a, a similar story, which honestly, that story has blessed me in so many ways mm-hmm. because I've had to see myself. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so at the, but at the end of the day, that just goes to show. So I took, so I got a little bit of money. Oh, oh, no, I got to tell y'all, how much time we got? Y'all, cause <laughs> we, y'all got said, we got, we got 25 no, more no, minutes. No, 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 I ain't five look, more minutes. Look, look, I have to tell you this story. <laughs> tell it. Because this is really powerful. When, um, the day that I was working at my old job, right, and I, no, I was actually, I wasn't working at my old job, let me stop. I was in Utah at the um, festival. Mm-hmm. And my boss called me and he was like, because it was during tax season, mind you, it's in January. So they like, oh, he like, oh, I God. need you here. And I left. And he yeah. was like, look, you tripping. He was like, I need you to do this. this da, 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 da. He was making all these demands. He was like, if you don't come back, then you're going to lose your job out. And I was like, Alex, I ain't coming back. Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm done, you know? But like five minutes later, I had to perform my poetry because everybody that was there had to do like show their films and stuff. But I was like, well, I'm a poet. So I got up and performed my poetry and cried. But I'm I'm performing poetry in front of Quentin Tarantino. I'm talking about the greatest people in Hollywood that you can even imagine. Right. Yeah. And Michael Goldenberg, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. crazy, big, huge people. And I'm crying. And literally, I get off the stage and um, Michelle Satter from Sundance, the head of um, the Sundance uh, Fellowship Program, she comes to me and she's like, Angelica, I have a grant for you. $5,000. Look at God. 
You see how good God worked? Wow. Because I, I didn't mean to be in your business. I was like, cause how, when you when you quit your job at that moment, how much was in your checking account? Girl, nada. <laughs> nada. Not to mention, I ain't trying to get my, my boss go kill My ex-boss go kill me. But he, he used to like the track and stuff. So he would spend his money on the track or whatever. And sometimes he yo, your check would be late. Your check would be late. So at that point, my check was late. So it was it was late. So it was like wow. impossible to quit your job at this point. It was oh, like, wow. a, but she gave me 5000 so I thought I was balling. And I did my, I did, I, I, I divided it. And I was like, okay, this is my rent money for her. You know, my rent money, I was living in Hawthorne in the hood. But it was $900 in LA. You know what I mean? A month. But I was like, okay, $900. Obviously, that's not how it go when you want to eat it. You want to go to the movies. Yes. You want to chill. You want to get that cocktail. That 5000 go real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I thought. So I was like, I could quit my job. I'm going to um, start my own business. In five months, I'll be successful, right? I didn't know what I was going to do. So mm-hmm. I so literally, I, I, I get... How do I put this? I, I, I'm very intuitive when it comes to like everybody is. Everybody mm-hmm. is. It just depends on how in, in tune with your intuition. You follow you are. Into it, yeah. yeah. Do you follow your intuition? Because mm-hmm. it's actually really powerful when you do. But in the middle of the night, like I woke up and I was just like, "Yo!" And then I just said, "I'm gonna create a blog called The Shade Room, and it's gonna be big." And I just felt it. It was a feeling. You have to follow your feeling sometimes because yeah. your feeling knows more. It's, sometimes that is God communicating with you. Now people will say God has nothing to do with gossip, but I'm gonna get to that. But anyway, <laughs> but look. So basically, That's a good quote. <laughs> uh-huh. no, no, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that because I have had so many people say that, and I agree. But what I, what I will say is is that um, so I, anyway, let's move from that. I started doing the page right um, on Instagram. You started on Instagram. The reason why I started on Instagram was because I didn't know how to create a website. But one thing. I had watched somebody's motivational video that was like, start now, not tomorrow. And I was like, okay, girl, start now, not tomorrow. So I started, I, I got my page on all of the um, social media networks. Uh, I did the Shea Room, the same name. It, anybody starting a business, you want to have like the same name on all of your social yeah. media platforms mm-hmm. just so that people can easily know how to find you. Mm-hmm. But I, I did that and I just started blogging on social media and everybody at the time, see, that's why I say, let me tell my truth. Everybody at the time thought I was crazy. Wow. They were like, other blogs, they would be like, what is she doing? You wasting all your time girl they were like she's stupid she wasted she's not making no money she's on instagram she could get shut down i was like boo chill i knew that there was something in this you get what i'm saying and so eventually it started to grow on social media and then we literally now we we um built the the site backwards yeah you know i noticed that i noticed really that. quickly and just for people who you know let's just pretend like a lot of people don't know the shade room although oh, yeah, we know yeah, we do yeah. so but what do you do on the shade room okay so basically I'll tell you the shade room first started off as the, one of the meanest gossip blogs you could ever find when I because I was in a bad space I was broke and I you know and I was like on the edge you know what I mean I was in a hood <laughs> you know like when you got when you, you know what I mean when you living under them circumstances <laughs> You was mad you know, on the edge. <laughs> so I used to do, uh, I, w- I would do like the content or whatever, but literally people feel your energy. Like that that transfers through in your writing and just how you portray certain stories and stuff. And so I used to go in, but in the funniest way possible because I am hilarious, you know what I mean, or whatever. And so I used to go in. Um, and so everybody would love it. And like I remember Tammy Roman was like, girl, shout out to Shayru. <laughs> and what happened was because it was on social media, we had a direct connect to not only the people, but yeah. to the celebrities. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't 
control themselves. Celebrities can't control themselves. And especially not on social media. So mm-hmm. if you putting up a story, this ain't like TMZ where you actually got to log into their account and type something. If you putting up a story, they going to come at you right there and there in the comments. That to, that was something that was not, before the shade room, them coming, celebrities going into the comments and doing all that stuff was not big. It was not news. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't news at that time. It wasn't. You know, pretty much. It was Twitter was news or whatever mm-hmm. or what they posted, but not the comments and actually getting exclusives in this weird way and so we would do that the celebrity would start to come in and like you know actually comment and we would turn it into news and we would end up getting an exclusive that TMZ didn't have because they came in and verified or didn't you know confirmed or denied that story you get what I'm saying and so I was like oh this is a new way of getting exclusive content and exclusive stories Um, that gives me and you had the proof because you're doing the screen grabs yeah we had the proof Um, and then also it was important to me to always be truthful because then they think about think about if we lied about in Photoshop this stuff nobody would believe us but because they know we would never ever photoshop something and say you said something you didn't say like others you know uh, that happens um you know they were like okay the celebrities start to trust that whatever we said even if it went against us we will post you know what i'm saying like even if it's it it proves that our story was wrong we're gonna post it because really the whole thing is to start conversation and dialogue about everything but it started off just being celebrity gossip but wait what was your first blog what was your first post oh i i remember it was um me explaining the shade room i was like the shade room is not Uh, this it's not that basically it was me saying the shade room from the beginning the shade room wasn't supposed to be shady you know what i'm saying it was supposed to be truth and i and i said that in the first before the shade room ever got hot i said that i think i still even have that website up i said that in the first little uh thing blog post or whatever is that it uh it you know it's not supposed to be it's supposed to be the truth room so we're going to talk about it and and somehow we're going to get to the truth right once mm-hmm. it's in a light mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what happens with the shade room and so um it's like a it's like the opposite of what it's supposed to mean you know mm-hmm. and so um but you know it, the first uh, actual article that i wrote was about apollo a dirty dog self <laughs> you know it was it was some episode like real house and he was doing a, a phaedra some way and so you know i went in on him because he i was getting flashbacks from my exes and i just went in <laughs> And so, you know, but anyway, but like, so basically it started to go out of control. And then eventually they were like, I was, you know, who was it? I, it was one celebrity I could not stand. Um, Naya Rivera. That's who it was. I don't know why I didn't oh, like her yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I literally was like, I don't like her. You know, and I said a little piece and everybody was like, be quiet. They were like, you jealous. You they were like, girl, sit down. Like, <laughs> they literally just came at me and was like, we don't even care about your opinion no more. They was like, get up off the blog. Like, yeah. we want to know what our opinion is. And they literally said that. And so they pushed me off the blog. And I was like, okay. And so I still kept that spirit of anonymity, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, and just being in the background and, and you know, and, and, and letting uh, the comments just sort of like, have yeah, their yeah, space. Yeah. But, I, but it became what they wanted to talk about and what their thing was so we reflect them you know what I mean like it's like I had this one roommate who used to say wait a minute all the time and I'm like what's wait a minute I'm like what is that and she'd be like wait a minute girl and I was like ooh that's hot hot, so we started using it we were like wait a minute wait a minute wait hold up did y'all create did y'all create the clapback Okay, well, here's the thing. Clapback, everybody been saying clapback, but we, but clapback season was, we brought it back. Clapback was dead. Mm-hmm. Nobody was saying it no mm-hmm. more. And we was like, nah, get that clapback in. Oh. And so we, and we were like, okay, bring it back, clapback season. And then everybody, you know, it's, it's the same with the dad hats. Like, no, when we, uh, we literally researched dad hats and people weren't really calling it dad hats, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, started to release, like, um, you know, our dad hat collection. And, mm-hmm. and then everybody started calling. They were like, when, when, when we first released it, everybody was like, stop trying to come up with a new name. 
name for baseball caps. That's mm-hmm. a baseball cap. <laughs> and then L Magazine picked it up like, oh, the Shade Room brand's dad cap. See, then, and it went crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. we, we could influence fashion, too, you know? Because nobody was calling their dad hats like that that heavy. And now that is the term for those hats, dad hats. Let me ask you this. What post did you do that you were like, damn, I just went major? Like, what? Uh, I think it wasn't just one. Po- uh, uh, what po- It was uh, hmm, uh, dang, it's a couple. I'll say okay. when we caught Ti um, um, cheating on uh, Tiny on Mother's Day in, with the girl in the room. That's Ooh. when I knew because I got a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> I was that's like, how you know you legitimate. That's how you know you the lawyer it. said yo. That's how you know. But anyway, but let's get you know. And so, um, but eventually, I started to feel bad. I started to feel bad about the things that I was doing because I w- there was this one girl um, who uh, who is she? She's like a popular hairstylist, and I'm and I'm not even trying to disrespect her because I know her name, Cash Queen Cash or something like that. I don't know, but she used to date August Alsina or something like that. And I went in on her one day, and I was like, "Why did I do that? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not even perfect myself. Mm-hmm. Let somebody go in on me. You know what I'm saying? And they yeah. don't have something to say about anybody, you know? And so I just felt so bad, and I was like, "What if somebody? You know?" And I just started to question what I was doing, mm-hmm. and so I decided I was like I'm not one dimensional that's why this this is not connecting to me anymore because I'm not one dimensional I don't just like gossip and I don't just like negativity you know what mm-hmm. I mean and so I was like let me re- this is going to reflect me it's going to reflect the many things I'm interested in I ha- I'm very versatile I like art too you know what mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. I like this I like that and so we we that's what we did we said let's diversify we can talk about politics fashion music yeah. art sometimes we- I get my politics from the shade room like I live, I'm one of those people I wake up and do what I have to do but the first mm. place I go because I work in news in black news mm. is the shade room oh yeah no listen a lot of kids get their news there mm. like my sister and her friends will be talking about all these politics and I'm like where'd you get that from and she's like the shade room I'm like really oh now I love now it's politics yeah it's, and because it's we, we say it in our own way and yeah. I feel like that's the future of what the shade room is gonna be it's gonna turn into a real platform that can uh, really be for news you know what I mean like like really uh, give give that's where I'm trying to take it to is to give our the community a voice not only for culture um, not only for everything that you know because think about it all the stuff that go viral a lot of it a lot of times it's, it's black content oh it's us you, yeah. you look okay look Herbe the, the scene um, the, the scene is the website that did Herbe right yeah. and mm-hmm. they have all these um, they had all these couples doing it but once they had that black couple on there it went everything viral changed. it changed <laughs> it was like whoo they blew up right I'm not saying black people are the only hot ones I cannot say yeah. that but what I'm saying is, is that um, there is uh, something special about black people and mm-hmm. I think there's something special about every culture and community I think mm-hmm. what we have to do is is, is we've embraced our how special we are we know if you go up to a black person they're gonna be like I'm black and I'm proud you know what I'm yeah. saying we know we know we're happy about who we are that's not a question it's just now we're we're trying to force the world to give us our, our, our props and our respect put some yeah. respect on our name yeah. and, and you know and really you know uh, acknowledge what our power and that's it you know we have power when did you start, speaking of respect, when did you start seeing a shift in the respect for what the Shade Room does? Because I could tell you initially it's kind of like, oh, this is just that, you know, it's news about reality stars. It's, it's you know, mm-hmm. it's like low-hanging fruit lose. But, yeah. But, you know, the New York Times call, has called you the TMZ of Instagram. Yeah. That's actually when I started to see the it shift. And I think that it was a girl named Jenna who I love. Oh, um, um, oh Jenna Wortham? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. It's, it was a girl named Jenna who saw that this was not just uh, – she saw the potential in it. Yeah. I think that a lot of people – 
were able to see the potential and that you know have you guys read the alchemist yeah man, um, i love there, that book. The, i believe that there are people in your life that were sent to you to be able to show you your potential and so she uh, was definitely one of them because at the time when she met me i was broke she didn't know it I didn't have any money. Mm. My business was broke. Mm. But but I was broke and I was and she but she was speaking life into me. Mm. She was like, You're the TMZ of Instagram. Woo woo. And she didn't know that. She was looking at me like, Oh my God, you're this amazing woman. And I'm looking at her like, You don't know nothing mm. right now. Like, I'm broke. I don't have any, you know. And it was that once that went out, it was like after that, boom, 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 boom. Oh, wow. I like as you bring that up because one thing in reading your backstory was the power of mentorship, because I know you talked about Jordana helping you at mm-hmm. Sundance, but there was someone before that. Um, Zaid Gill. Yes, oh, like, my God. He is like, whoo, he's the, he's that old man in the alchemist to me um, that, that directed that boy on his path because he, how do I put this? Um, griots in culture, in like mm-hmm. African culture, mm-hmm. are people who are storytellers and who can tell their stories. And so I am a storyteller, you know, and a lot of us are storytellers. Mm-hmm. Some people are storytellers through poetry. Some people are storytellers through, you know, any kind of art or business. It doesn't matter. You could be a storyteller in any way, right? And so um, I am a storyteller. And so I've, I was a poet growing up. And before I became a poet, um, I was a troubled foster youth because I had mm-hmm. gone through a lot, you know, a lot of foster you deal with sexual abuse and um you know just a lot of abuse you know or, or a lot of uh just n- they're not cared for well a lot of times negativity, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, negativity whatever just being separated it's just a lot of things and so um at the time when he met me I was one of those youth but I had there was this white lady who um lived in bel-air mm-hmm. right and she was um, a mistress of a, a radio guy but anyway he was rich but any it doesn't matter she wanted three black kids and so she took us in and it was at that point when um I met Zaid who is my mentor because his wife was the realtor for her wow. house We when we bought the house. And so here we are, three black kids from the hood living in Bel Air, feeling like the princess of Bel Air. You know what I'm saying? Hey. I, you can't stop me now because now, see, the thing about me is once you show me something, you, my eyes won't be closed again. They showed me mm. a different life than what I was used to. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, I'm, you know, even though she turned out being bad shit crazy and we left after a year and a half, but at the same time, it was like I still was able to you know, experience a different life. And so from there, I, I got to be a part of Peace for Kids, which was a program that like groups foster youth together. Now, here's the whole idea behind Peace for Kids. I'm talking a lot and people probably not going to listen to the whole podcast. No, you see, but, I mean, this is affirmation for a lot of so people. Interesting. No, keep but, going. But um, I, uh, I, um, you know, Peace for Kids is basically saying that foster youth have a culture, just like the gay community, just like the black community. Everybody who, you, when you identify with something, you need to identify with other people who also identify as that, or else you won't be able to, uh, you won't be able to, you know, really get your strengths and turn them into, get your weaknesses and turn them into strengths. So before I used to meet with foster youth, I didn't know or understand, like, for instance, it's hard for me to unpack my boxes um, when I go to, um, when I move. I keep my boxes packed and yeah. people come and they're like, why you got bags and boxes? Like, why don't you unpack your boxes? And I'm like, because I never had a permanent home. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you ask me where I'm from, you know, I don't want to start crying here. Oh, my God. No, it's, I'm not crying. Yeah. Hold on, no, I'm not crying because I'm hurt because I'm not hurt. I'm crying because of the people that I know are going to be listening to this. But yeah. you're touching a lot of people like, right now. For me, wow. I didn't know if I was going to have a home. You understand what I'm saying? I was, I was, I didn't know. Any home was going to be permanent, you know? And so that is so in me from years, 12 years of that, of moving. I could be with a family for four years and move and have to start over again. This is a family, you know? 
it was hard for me going to school to school or whatever, but that was something that was ingrained in me. And I thought I was weird. I thought I was weird because of it. But when I met with other foster youth, they would say the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm living out of bags. I'm living out of boxes. So when you now, now we can come together and say, oh, that's something that affects us. You know what I mean? Like, this is how it affects us. Now you can change it. So now, you know, okay unpack your boxes girl this your house you you now have the finances to be able to you could you know unpack your um, boxes is your house but anyway so I think that for me peace for kids was so important because they they understood that foster youth get can help each other more if they get together yes y'all social workers and and your system and stuff like that it's failing us I'm sorry so we we are better off together because we can heal each other you know and so that's why the LGBT community is doing so well you know it was look what they've been able to do because they were able to come together and heal each other um and talk about it and talk about the things that they're going through and so because of that I was able to I started to do poetry my first poem was in this Crenshaw um, hood um coffee shop and uh, I was the worst poet you could ever imagine (laughs) really all I was saying was fuck social workers fuck the system yeah fuck you too you know call the cops i'm just saying that but anyway but it was the worst poem ever and i remember uh (laughs) and i were you saying it like fuck social workers Uh, no girl i didn't even have a rhythm i didn't even have a rhythm then i was just like i was angry i was like nah but i never did that shit i'm sorry i don't like uh poetry at all sounds like and the moon and the sky like no but anyway so basically um you know i i did that whatever and and it was a horrible poem right and everybody was like ooh, okay like they was thinking like maybe she might they were like she might actually need help after this but like they were like but we gonna clap because i was 13 i I was 12 i was even younger i was 12 and so then after that I came I was like let me practice this because this is really something and so I came back with the next poem and I was a beast I was a monster it's called Behind Bulletproof Glass I you know whatever uh, I'm not going to say it right now on this yeah. podcast but <laughs> You know, you want to end that poem? Yeah. Okay, it's it's going to be dusty. But I have some other questions about, you know, Um, real quick. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Let's go because I really, okay, come on. I love your hair, by the way. Thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you. Oh, that's like. It's braids. No, but there, it's winded. Yeah, go, go thread. I have never seen that, I don't think. I be trying. Girl, um, I'm about to copy you. <laughs> I'm next. So listen, I do want to know one thing. Mm-hmm. How do you find, like, the? how do you know when someone has unfollowed someone or someone know, has I'm commented on you? You know what? Like, and this is how we do it. It's the roommates because we cannot do that. We cannot so do that. They, it's impossible. they love you that much that they'll tip you off. Girl, look, not only that. They love their celebrity that much that they gonna they stalk gonna his living existence. <laughs> they love Chris it's Brown so much. Chris Brown can't breathe without them uh, the- downloading them, uh, the video. So at the end of the day, everybody not gonna like Chris Brown, but the ones that do love diehard. Chris Brown fans follow the shade room wow. and diehard Beyonce fans follow the shade room and diehard Selena Gomez fans follow the shade room and everybody follows the shade room so it's like at the end of the day all those diehard fans are already working because they do these they already working a day in and day out because this is what they like to do they love Chris Brown and they create the pages for Chris Brown this is what they do so they're like oh it ain't nothing to just send a post to the shade room and so we get we literally everybody's sending us every, every listen roommates keep sending that tea through the DM you send that tea through the DM and you send that tea through the Facebook DM and you send that through the email and you send it straight to the shade room give it to us first I'm just like, but no but basically they they uh they do that and it's like we wake up and we talk to them too we we are in the dms like hey girl what's the i know my roommates like literally like there's this roommate she gonna be well, i'm gonna make her watch this but her at name is i'm gonna make you my bitch if you know if you if you uh when I'm you get on instagram 
At her. It's I-M-M-A, make you my bitch, spell with an S. At her and be like, girl, uh, Andrew's talking Angie about you. On the because she is one of my favorite roommates. She gets me together. She be like, girl, y'all slipping on the T. Like, you need to step your game up or whatever. Like, we talk, I talk to them still. Like, she will get me and I can't stand her. Trust me. I blocked her like four times. But I unblocked her. And then her. you come back? I, yeah, well, she be like, because she checked me. She would find me on Twitter like, oh, you getting in your feelings? I'm like, okay. And I unblock her. So, you know, but the thing about it is I appreciate her because she is she helps me grow you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and so it's a lot of um, there was a roommate who the first, one of the first roommates was the one that really pushed me I forgot her name and I really feel bad about it because she was a beautiful soul but she was the one like speaking life into me in the DM she was like this is gonna be big keep going this will be this is when we had 300 followers wow. Wow. and she would make me like shade room candles I love the roommates I, wow. I go hard for them and that's why I haven't sold this site because the reality is it's easy for me to go get some investment money right now everybody in Hollywood wants this for platform you know what wow. I mean they want it they want to own that black culture I ain't letting you do it but it could be easier for me to do that and I'll be rich and move on with my life you know what I'm saying but at the end of the day I'm like nah I, I want I'd rather grind to the top I'm gonna still be rich but I'd rather grind to the top and make the culture rich too because mm. I I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna give that you get so many gems go ahead I know I'm you not, are like Angie really? oh girl thank you there is just so I'm waiting for the biopic I'm waiting for the oh stop the it bo- no I'm serious like your y'all, story y'all your story now. is this so is real. powerful listen I don't want to listen wow. listen and, and so I was like you know and so I know when you're true to the people you know and, and it's like people say oh God ain't got nothing to do with this let, let me say this first of all gossip is behind like the real term of gossip is something that uh, has malicious intent and it's be- usually behind that person's back. Now this is like if you say something to somebody's face, that's not gossip, and this is a public forum. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but we call it gossip, and that's fine. Um, so not all of it is true, but the, our our uh, intent is not malicious. Our intent is to get to the truth. You know what I mean? That's that's what our whole intentions are, and the truth is not always pretty. It's not always positive. Imagine if our platform only told. Imagine if news was only positive. We be in big shit because yeah. we don't know about them eight tornadoes that just hit New yeah. Orleans. Yeah. We don't know about this that happened. We don't know that this, this, and you know what I mean? Like that Donald Trump is crazy and he, he's yeah. about to kill us. You know what I'm saying? I'm just playing, yeah. but like he needs to get out of office. But I just feel like, you know, we wouldn't know the real truth. We would be coddled and sheltered. But um, I do want to hear so the poem. Is it, is it gonna, oh, you want to hear the poem? Yes. Oh, y'all, yes, yes. y'all going to do me like that? Do yes. it. You got to bless Andrew. All right. Well, listen, listen. It might be chopped and screwed because I don't remember it. Like it's off the head. That's fine. And I love that ring you're rocking. <coughs> Girl, I don't mean nothing. Okay. okay. It's cute, though. You can leave it with me. All right. You got okay. money now. And that bag. And that bag. But, but we digress. We Gucci, digress. Gucci, Gucci. Girl, All right. I'm broke as hell. And that's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But anyway, so basically, um, it was... Uh, okay, let me go. It's called Behind Bulletproof Glasses About My Father. <clears throat> Are y'all ready? Yes. Yeah. Snip, snaps. Snip, All right. Okay. I've been longing to talk to my daddy. But what he might have become frightens me, and I can't stand to see him in some dingy-ass correction facility, making eye contact with thick glass and having that be our last memory. Take me back to the old days filled with piggyback rides, bear hugs, and butterfly kisses. I've been trying to hate him, but I'm filled with forgiveness. All I want to remember are the good days when he would coach me in tennis. I want to remember the dad that bought my mom flowers and candy for no occasion, the dad that taught us to take full advantage of education. He would sit me down at a table and give me extra hard books to read aloud. And while I was reading, he would feed me constructive criticism. I couldn't even glance at a television. I write for him. 
I write for the man I last saw in 96, not this man that has caused my life to be worse than hell, barricaded in a six by nine cell. I speak of the man that used to preach at Sunday mass, but he has changed. And I'm not saying my dad used to be a saint because back then he had two sides to him. One side I called my dad, the other side I called that man. I remember when he and my mother would lay me down on the sheet and swing me from left to right as a swing would and I miss it. I miss them. That's where I forgot the rest of the time. Oh, wow. uh, so that's horrible. Um, but yeah, so y'all, I don't remember the rest of the poem. But it, but it's it's online though. Actually, I'm not gonna say that because y'all gonna look me up. And I was looking tired in that video. <laughs> tired. I don't look that way no more. You don't. You a glowing. All of that. You glowing and you got inches. Eighteen inches. Girl, yeah. And I've been in a gym. Okay, but yeah. I see that mini skirt. I see that shape. <laughs> but you know we realize this has got to be a part two seriously you got to come back because I know oh, Yolanda is, is itching to ask more but there's more but, oh, wait, but you know what? a girl that look like you though I'm oh, okay, cool. Elisa you look like her we're going to end and just say that Angie your story is so powerful it is Thank we you. are it needs to so be proud movie. to be watching you blossom oh, you. in the way that you have and thank you for shifting the the focus of the the, the shade room to not only be negativity. There's a lot of celebration mm-hmm. there, and it mm-hmm. really is a. It shows us. It's a. It's really like a, a it, black culture sort of um, the first place to go if you wanted mm. to see popular black culture. And oh, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you so and, much. Yeah. Thank, thank you for you. making thank us you. roomies. Oh, thank you for the energy. I had yes. so much fun, like just thank talking you. to you guys. Thank Yay. you for the energy. It was thank it was amazing. You. Up next, more yes girl to come. That was an amazing interview and so moving. And you know what I love about Angie? She really made her next move with The Shade Room. Oh, yes, she did. She She really did. And you know what? If you want to make your next move, sign up with squarespace.com. Okay? You can get 10% off with your coupon code YES, as in yes, girl. So just yes, 10% off. And you guys, I use Squarespace. You do? Yes, for mycharliepen.com. I love it. Because you can do anything on Squarespace. And it's cute. It's really cute. And they have so many cute layouts and designs. Whatever Listen, you dream up, you can make. I am so tech averse. Like, is that's it why really, you need Squarespace. I need Squarespace. Okay. Yeah, because you can make. You first of all, you can use your own unique, unique domain. So we could like go right now and get yesgirl.com. We or can I do can whatever. Get Corey you yeah, and you can hook it right up to your Squarespace. You, it's so user friendly. Um, it's also perfect for us writers because you absolutely. can create. You can have your online portfolio on there. All your work can be on there. It's excellent. You can really make a beautiful website with Squarespace. I have one. Again, check me out. Charlie you know what? Know. If I had a website right now, I would put up Samira Wiley's pictures. <gasps> yes. So Those. Samira Wiley from Orange is the New Black, okay. formerly known as Pusse, yeah. tied the knot this weekend with a writer on the show, um, Lauren Morelli. Yes. And she, they, they looked stunning. The love was in the air. That, it was beautiful. That dress? Samira's wedding dress? Yes. Okay, that, those were both. Seriano. I was about to say, that's my Project Runway. It was fantastic. Oh my God. Everybody loves Christian Seriano gowns. Yes. I want to get married again so I can get married in a Christian Seriano gown. Anyway, speaking of the love, up next we have Prentice Penny and his wife, Tasha Penny, talking about how they met in college. Okay, shout out to Jack and Jill uh, teen conferences. Um, and they're going to share their love story. Hello, everybody. I am Charlie Penn. You are listening to Black Women Love. And I am here today with the showrunner of Insecure, Prentice Penny, and his beautiful wife, attorney Tasha Penny. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you guys for coming on the show. I know you've been married for a minute, and we're going to dig in. How long have you been together? 
13 and a half yeah. short years. Married yeah. or together? Oh. Married. Uh, married. Been yeah. officially together since 98. So yeah. almost ni- so 19 years. Going on 19 years. So I heard you guys are high school sweethearts. Yeah. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Tell me about it. How's it kind of? Okay. Because so, I love a good um, high school love story. So when we were kids, mm-hmm. uh, both of our moms were in this organization called uh, Jack and Jill. I know and Jack and so, Jill. Yes. And so they have an annual teen conference. And um, this, was 1990. this was in 1990. And so that particular year, um, my chapter was hosting the teen conference. And um, it was so funny because Prentice is from L.A. and I'm not. But we were all excited because um, a lot of boys were coming from the Los Angeles <laughs> chapter. L.A. chapter were like that. The cutie. Yeah, all the, cool, the cutie. The cool everybody guys, everybody cool wanted to meet a boy from L.A. So I was like, oh, Got it. I told all my girlfriends, oh, L.A. is going to be in the house. And um, <laughs> so on the first, so the conference is generally like a Thursday through Sunday. Uh-huh. And so um, that Thursday, you know, all the kids arrived and I met Prentice and I met on the first day. And what's, what's really cute about it is, you know, he was um, campaigning at the time because he was running for a vice president of our, you know, teen region and everything. And so he had his little crew and I had my little crew of my girls and, you know, it's just I I'm saw him it. and I'm like, oh, he's cute. And, you know, he saw me and I guess. Spark. Yeah. She had so, ass. That's what I like. She yeah, had, no, had, no, no. There was a mutual attraction. She did. There was a, there's a mutual... videotape of us like walking by. I, she yeah. walked by me and then and you I, like, I look back like, whoa. Like, yeah, like, she did. She, uh, she, she yeah. Her well, body was tight. We have to find that video. Yeah. So, oh, I love that there's video. There, yeah. there is video there is the video. first time we laid eyes on each other, which is like so rare. But um, the cute thing about it is that, um, you know, our mothers knew each other, even though I was from Northern California and he was from L.A. And so our moms saw each other at the conference and they're like, oh, we're so happy to see each other. We have to get our kids. We want to introduce oh. our children. And so his mom was like, oh, well, there's my son over there. And he's talking to some girl I don't know. And my mom was like, is your son wearing X, Y and Z? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, she's like, your son is talking to my so the daughter. Hookup was happening. So right we there. met <laughs> even before our mothers had a chance to introduce us. And um, so. So that was a yeah. Thursday. And I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's, how, that's how it started. So was it like immediate? Because you know high school love is hard, like hardcore. You're like talking on the phone for 18,000 night, mm. hours a night. Wow, Everything this was is like, together. Was it like officially no, all in? No. no. Like that weekend was like, they have they have like a lot of events, uh-huh. like dances and like you'll go to like Six Flags and stuff like that. So we were just hanging out, like making out all weekend. And, <laughs> on the uh, sly. But you know, clean making <laughs> out. We were clean. All we of were, our tea, honey. We didn't go all the way. <laughs> right. you know, was, of course not. Of course was, not. But we were making girl. out. Yes. And uh, I remember. But it was, it was chemistry. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. From yeah, the for moment sure. we saw each other. It's funny because like, my, my good friend, who's actually friends, that's how I know Corey, was like, remember we were getting on the bus to go back. I was such a like simp R&B dude. And so <laughs> I got on the bus and he was like, I was looking all sad. And he was like, what's the matter? And I was like, I don't know, man. I think that girl's just special. I think she's just special. Oh. And like, I was a sucker. It's like, and then, uh, <laughs> but and she then, was. But, but, but no, but he also told them that he thought I was the one. I did. I did say So that. you knew. You called but, it. But I mean, it's like I knew for 16, like I knew there was something different about her even. Well, you were right. In my, yeah, like in my bones. <laughs> I was like, I don't know something different. But you know, you don't know. Right, right. But you. But I knew look- if something felt Something's something really special know, for what, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, at sixteen, I feel like that's saying something because you're not even thinking about anybody being no, the one. At six, you don't want somebody to be the one at sixteen. So you probably like, what are these strange butterflies? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. What are these feelings? It was yeah, Definitely. for yeah, it was. Uh, 
But yeah, we had to like. I mean, this is pre-internet. This is pre-email. So and pre, pre, I mean, there was no phones. Love so pre. Write letters. Love like, pre-smartphones. Like seven, you have to wait like three or four days before you sent this thing because you know like you have to be committed. Back when stamps were like twenty cents and twenty-five cents. So yeah. What are they? Forty-nine now. Oh so my God. It was a. But you just had to wait. I remember phone cards in college. Like you, someone gave yeah, you like a like phone a card with like oh, 250 yes. minutes yes. and you were like yes. 250 minutes of Bay Levin coming up. Yep, yep. <laughs> it, was, it was real. So we'd have to write letters. So you guys went wait. to two different colleges, right? We yes. did. So yeah. how was that? You had to do the long distance love thing? Well, no, we weren't. Yeah, we actually stopped. This was like 1990. Like she, what happened was it was like just long, I mean, then, I mean, when you're in high school, like long distance might as well be like across the country. Right. Here, right we because it's like we didn't, yeah, I didn't have a car. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just nothing. You just get no video money. chat. Yeah, no, no, video no, chat. Yeah. Skype. no Skype. No Skype. And our nothing. parents were not facilitating, you know, like making it happen. <laughs> right. Little kids you know. trying to, so, try to fly across the country. Yeah. yeah. So we, no. so we, that like, was not happening. So we tried, we had stopped talking like in 1990, like that fall or something. I think she was going to try to come out here for like a dance, but it was like, you know, you're just back right. in the swing, you're, like, you're away from the thing. So it was like, we just kind of did our own things. And then like two years later, 92, we kind of started talking and then she came to visit me. But the thing was, I had started college at that point. So I, I had just graduated So she had just graduated high school because gotcha. we were a year apart. But I was a Kappa. I had just crawled. I had just pledged. And I was seeing college girls. So this was like a high school <laughs> chick. Awesome. So, so no, she, he invited me to come down to see him. And he, it was so sweet. His, I stayed with his grandmother. So he would uh, pick me up every day and take me on little excursions I love in it. L.A. And it was really sweet. But it was also somewhat traumatizing because, um, you know, he was used to college women. And again, I had just graduated high school. So I I thought that I was very cute and um, just, you know, a great, great little catch. And you, what would apprentice say to me? Um, you know, do you have any shorter skirts uh, or do you have any tighter <laughs> clothes? And I just I had such a complex because what? here I'm trying just to be beautiful and just and my best clearly was she not was good enough for him was okay i was traumatized I was, you gotta, you gotta understand. <laughs> I was Please 18 years yourself. old i had just pledged so i thought here i oh. was this cap at usc and actually when i first crossed <laughs> the first girl i was with was 21 and was like doing like was Clearly doing things I was so like, you had Yo, some, like oh, I had some grown man <laughs> He had some grown man expectations. So here's this like 17 year old girl of like oh, You were probably oh. like boy bye. What are you, you talking I about? Was just, I, but the, the great thing about it, so it wasn't really that great of a trip as far as us being together because we were just on different pages. But it really helped me get ready for college. So mm. when I went back home at the end of the week, I told my mom, okay, we have to go shopping and I need to get college <laughs> ready because they are going to be men, not little boys. So he helped me in that vein. So when I, I went it. to college, I went to Spelman. I was cute. Sister, and I, oh, I went to Spelman too. See, I knew there was a reason yes, I yes, love yes. you. So Look, Princess, the whole conversation just changed. No, I'm yes. just kidding. I, I love was it. Ready by the time I went in August, and those yeah. Morehouse men didn't know what to do. Didn't know what. <laughs> but also, but I was honest with her because she was like trying to. She was like, "We could make it work," and I was like, "Look." You're gonna about to go to college. I just knew the reality was like I'm in college, you're in college. It just isn't gonna work, and, and it's probably better that home. we. Tr- and yeah, it was. Pro- and when she was gonna come home, she wasn't coming home to LA. Right. She was so it was like it was complicated. It was yeah, very it was complicated. complicated. We would have been foolish trying to. We probably would have not be here 
if we had tried to like legit oh, make to that. weather well, the college yeah, dorm ridiculous but, so that was smart so we did not write anymore but um we would keep in touch we started calling each other so we talked like we talked like once a year once a year okay. maybe okay just, but wow just, like, just enough up. to keep you know keep something yeah like connected. she had boyfriends i had girlfriends like it wasn't like we were talking like oh like let's it was always like hey what's up with you how's life how's right. you up to checking in yeah just like just like talking to a friend but it never felt like weird or like you know when you like try to talk to somebody you haven't talked to them in a while it's like oh it's just awkward to like start a combo it never was like it was always like comfortable to like talk to her as like just a first of all let me just say i love the realness of this story you know because like (laughs) just because you meet like you know you say high school sweethearts there's a story there Mm -hmm. yeah and i like that you guys are being real and this is more like what really happens yeah you know so tell me how you finally rekindle i'm assuming after college yeah so this was like 97 okay she uh i was like you know starting to get like yo like what What's up? I was like out of college. She was in law school and we were talking and she was like dating this like loser dude Stop. Uh, in DC. And um, I was in DC now. She was in law school. And you and didn't and so, I just did not it approve. Was, like, rocky. It was like, and then recently I found some like old love letters. And he was hella corny and weird. And I was like, oh, I see what you're talking about. You've already won. She's already your wife. Like, I know. You still I like to tell crush me why the, you're I want to crush competition. I don't like. Uh, he is not letting uh, it go. Uh, uh, it was funny though. He's right, but uh, <laughs> but she was like she was kind of still have dealing with this guy, but we were mm-hmm. like just talking as friends. And I but was I was like, in DC now, and right. I did not want to move back to California. Like I did not love Northern California like he loved Los Angeles. So they're really. I mean, he and I getting together, it just, there was no way that could happen. But, you know, I would always tell all my friends, watch out for him. He's going to be in the industry one day. You're going to know his name. Ooh, He's going to be she fabulous. He's you. just, you know, which is, and that. I'd be like, you know, I'll remember when, and I can say I used to know him, but it's just on paper. It just didn't, used to, see, didn't feel like it worked out. She'd leave she would say like, it's going to hurt when I see him on the red carpet with some other yep. woman and it's not me. You I felt to, that way? Oh, yeah. I so he was that. like kind of like the one you thought got away. He was. Oh, now we're getting somewhere here. He was. But again, you know, he was in L.A. and like it was no, a different that's world. Real. So, you know, when you're pursuing your dreams, right? Right. And someone else's and you're like, well, we kind of work, but we're not in the same place. Right. right. So huh. it was. So I was very excited for him and just, you know, I just believe I've always believed in Prentice since, you know, the first day I met him and I just knew that he would do great things and that he was just talented. So when I would think about, you know, one day he's going to be, and there was a little pain, but it was just like, you know, I was just so proud. And I was like, you know, you can easily get over that. He's just, he's a great guy. So, but you know, he and I would just talk and it was, it was always great. We would pick up where we left off and, you know, no drama. It was just, it was easy, easy, cool, fun. And, you know, I um, dated older guys. So Prentice is the only person I dated my age. So he always reminded me how it was great to be just young and laugh and light instead of, you know, me trying to be some older grown woman. Right, and it was yourself. just Exactly. And right. but he, she was like a Whitley. She was like Whitley, a different world. <laughs> but it was, I was, I was I just old, you know, and so, oh my God. so, 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 so you yeah. let loose with him. So, so yeah. So, so we real, started talking you're real, again. You're real chatty on this thing. I didn't know I how this know, was going right? to shake out. Usually she's like in public. Like, yeah. But you know, it's like Spelman vibes. I love it. I love it. You know, it. we just make each other feel comfortable. It's a Spelman woman That's thing. right. I love My it. My Spelman sister. I love That's it. right. Yeah. Uh, also, we're fighting right now, so this will probably yes. smooth things out. <laughs> this I love how real you guys are. I was really in a do. big fight right now. Uh, um, it's her fault. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it's, oh, it's never but their in, fault, right? Yeah, never. And then, but in 97, <laughs> what happened was I was like, hey, like you should 
come out. And so she would be like, yeah, 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 I'm going to come out. And then we'd make plans to come out. And then she'd cancel. And then the second time, I was like, she's going to come for my mom's wedding. I was like, do you want to come to my mom's wedding? And my family, they obviously like, love you. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there for your mom's wedding. Flaked. And then, so it was like twice she had flaked on me. And then I was like, yo. <laughs> Tasha like, was living her life. Yeah, I was like, look, I'm done. <laughs> like, I was like, I've asked you to come twice. You told me you were going to come twice. You flaked on me twice. So I was like seeing somebody else. And then uh, one day, <laughs> this is probably not great of me, but no. I was sleeping with this other girl. And then I called, the girl had like went to work or wherever she went. And so, you know, speaking of calling cards I called her from this chick's house on my calling card I was like we are getting all the tea it was like uh I was like yo like what's up like I wasn't I was like yo did I do something to like just upset you just on like some friend stuff like you were supposed to come kick it twice and then I never sort of heard like you right. flaked and then I just never heard from you again like what's up like are we cool like just like not, I'm not trying to get at you right now I'm just like yo like, like what what's, happened just as like on some like real human stuff like what happened right and then she just sort of ran down like like she was just having you know in terms of like law school being difficult and like ending things with this one guy and we just had like an honest just like life Hi-hi. conversation not about like hey what are we just like whatever and then like from that day we just kind of just kept talking again that was like March of 98 and then she was like I'm gonna come see you Memorial Day of 98 so like two months later and I remember I told my grandmother who just who she stayed with when she came out here who just passed away recently and I was like grandma look my, like she's coming out here da, da, da. and my grandma was like baby if she don't come it's okay because they had seen that she had flaked twice and I was like shut up grandma you don't know everybody was invested yeah people were super invested and then uh, but then and this was at a time when you could still meet people at the terminal in the airport so you could go in the airport and and, like greet people meet them at the gate so I remember yeah so I was like so so I decided that I was not going to flake. And so, you know, I started getting my body, like, I started working out, trying to get <laughs> you cute. Ready for the and then, you know, I, I, had to, I had to make sure that, you know, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it right. And so then I, I bought a whole new wardrobe because I already knew how he was about, you know, I, you are so well, you I know, like you know. stepped out of my little comfort zone. And, you know, I was like, I have to step up my game because I had one skirt he called Little House on the Prairie. You okay. know, it so, looked like so a Little I knew, House so on the I knew, Prairie. It looked I, like I, she was going to like. I'm very no cows and like churn butter in. I'm conservative and Prentice is very edgy so I, I had to edge it up you know I was like I know that about him so like I was ready I was going to visit him in May so I was I was grown now I could do this so yes. I got some wow, flowers yeah yes. so I got some flowers that I've met and my only thing was like just don't play me as a dude that's holding flowers in the terminal and you, you not get and she right. took a while to get off the thing and I was like yo <laughs> no. are you serious <laughs> And then she came out. But I was like, the minute I was like, yo. This I told all my friends, I was like, yo, we're going to go. Out. I had planned the whole week, like, we're going to dinner and invite my friends to come meet her. So everybody knew I was like on the hook. I was like, yes. she plagues now. She didn't get off this plane. Yes. She got this plane. It's You're, a problem. She wouldn't have to leave all your feelings at the airport. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I saw, so I really hadn't seen Prentice since like, since like 92. Years. So I hadn't seen him wow. in six years. We would just talk over so the this phone. Was a, this was so we so didn't this know what was, it was So, look. you know, I didn't know if I would still like him like I did when I was in high school. And, you know, because I'm in law school now. It's just, you know, things that right. happen. And, and I've had other loves. You know, things have happened. And so when I got off the plane and I saw him, it was like all those butterflies. And I was like, yeah, everything came out. All the feelings came rushing back. Everything. And just you know, stuff. Back, you know, we're back to the house. 
and we had a great time. Right, a wonderful dinner day. We had, you know, a great, great. So I was, I, I think I visited for a week. Was it a week? Yeah, it was a I week. Love and it was story. just, I met all his friends, and um, I think I met your dad for the first time on this trip, right? I think so. Yeah, but so I, I forgot met all that, of his family. But I, another, so but another, official. it was. But another flake time she had on me, which I totally forgot about, oh, was I was in '97 when I was going. I had done an independent film, oh, and I was yeah. going to New York. <laughs> I forgot, and this was another way she dissed me hard. Was in '97 I was going to, so I made plans to come see her in D.C. I was going to show my film in New York and then catch a train down to D.C. She was like, "Bet that's all great." So I buy my return ticket to be from D.C. and I also buy it a week. I was going to be in New York for like five days. Right. But then I booked my return trip for another week later from D.C. And this is like barely had any money because I was like, cool. I yeah, catch at least a train. I struggle days. Like yeah. struggle days. So I was like, cool. <laughs> so I get to, I get to, I'm, I'm leaving like, I'm about to go to New York that the, the day before I'm going to New York, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea if you come visit me. I was like, what? And then I was like, I already have like the tickets. I bought the train. I bought the. Like I mapped this I bought, out. Yeah, like I don't have a return ticket. Like she was like, yeah, I just don't think it's good. And da, 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 da. So I was like, what? So, but Girl. when I got to New York, yes, talk to your spelman. I, you know, <laughs> I just wasn't working. ready. I did. You and were just you going, know. For your, going with your gut, right? Just taking it you with know, the Well, I, it obviously worked out. It did. And, you know, so once we were able to see each other in 98 it mm-hmm. was like we've pretty much game just, on really and I, you know I went back to law school and I said okay I, I'm now going to be taking the California bar like I'm moving like, to I LA my husband. Well, so, I, this is my husband rather yeah I said I'm going to LA and we're just and, and I didn't have any friends out here I didn't know anyone in LA my people were in Northern California so, and it's totally different Northern California versus Southern California I know girl I went to so, Berkeley I get it yes, it's a different world different world mm-hmm. so I really was just coming out here basically just yeah. Just believing that, you know, he and I had something. And I wasn't something. working in the business. I was. Oh, my gosh. And obviously you guys struggle. were right. I mean, obviously you were right. Look at you now. I mean, I would consider you like an L.A. power couple. I know Thank people don't you. love that phrase, but I love that <laughs> phrase because that means you're both doing great things individually and together. You yeah. know, and that's mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. And yeah. we have three kids we now, three so kids. It's, it's different. Yeah, three. Yeah. How old are they? Uh, our oldest is nine and a half, almost, and then our twins are about to be seven. You have twins. We do. Oh, so y'all all the way grown up. We, we, oh, are, yeah, grown. we, are, grown. we are grown. We are grown. Grown. Real grown. So yes, and yeah. love. I love that. Yep. So, so what do you good. guys love the most about being married and having each other? Like, what is married mm. life? What's the value for you? <laughs> uh, you know, it, right now, like you said earlier, we, we we have been feuding, but I will say Prentice and I, for the most part, we get along very well. Um, we I just, um, my goodness. You just work. We work. We're on mm-hmm. the same page. You know, I support him. It's not, you know, I'm not one of those wives. It's, I don't know. I just, I believe in him. I support him. Like, do you so so that this family, so that we can be the best that we and can be. And he's in Hollywood. So I know there's got to be moments where, you know, that's a, it's a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's busy. It's fast it's busy. Paced, it's, it's stressful. Long hours. Um, you know, but we have our three kids that just, that are just depending on us to hold everything together. So, right. um, you know, we recognize that that's his work. But when it's family time, like um, this weekend, he was not working and he just, made it really incredible for just to have great family time. Like, you know, if he's not working, 
he's not choosing friends over us. He's, his family is his number one priority. So our kids are absolutely blessed to have him as a dad and a role model and just really, really just great. So we just, we make it work. I love it. And Prentice, how do you, I mean, being in Hollywood and being in the business of running shows, creating, writing, do you think a lot about making sure that there are love stories like you and your wife's? On screen? On TV? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Particularly for black couples? Yeah, I mean, I think we always try to... I mean, I think the things I'm interested in are, like, seeing black couples, like, the real, right? Because I think there's a thing we were talking today, even in our writer's room, of, like, when you have a show that's about people of color, you feel you have to be, like, all things. Right. And so you never want to show, like, the, like, the, the dark... Real. Yeah, the real of it, because you're like, <laughs> we don't get the opportunity to, like, right. show it, so, so we got to show it perfect. And I'm like, that's also not real. Like, right. I think, like, so I, I think for us, we always try to show, at least what I'm interested in doing is, like, showing the reality of that and, like, seeing the fights, but then seeing the beauty. Like, it's all right. those things. Like, we're fully realized, three-dimensional people. And so we want to show... All those things, but I think at the core that there's, and I think that's what I think is true about us is I think we have a core belief system that's the same right. between Tasha and I. And I think we, when we're together, I think we just we genuinely have fun together and we enjoy each other um, uh, for as it just fun, right. uh, which I think we've always had. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think we just try to represent that, obviously artistically, um, and but you know I get a good reality of that at home, so. That's fantastic. I love you guys' vibes. Thank you. I'm adding you to my couple crush list. (laughs) I'm serious. No, I mean, my husband and I, we've been together 14 years, married seven this year, and we really believe in having like-minded like couples mm-hmm. in our lives and imagery, yes, everything. For like, sure. It yes. matters, you know, because I it mean, does. I know single friends get a bad rap, but I feel like sometimes it's the non-like-minded couples around you that are mm-hmm. more toxic than your single friends. Yeah, you know, sure. you have to be very right? careful with the company that you keep, you know, not all relationships are, not to say that they have to be great, but... Um, and who you go to for advice, like who you right. let in your... Yes, like I really, for me, I can't stand when a woman calls her husband her other child. I'm like, no. I know. It's like, girl, don't do that. Like, no, He's that's, a man. That's my man. Right. And these are my children. Right. So, you know, I, I'm I'm the the woman or the girlfriend that'll be quick to be like, mm-mm, girl, no, no. We're, we're going to talk great things about our husband. We're going to uplift just, him. Really, those kinds of things, I, those aren't the kind of couples that we're just hanging with. You know, I really, right. we... Hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, we attract couples that think highly of each other, that are respectful t- towards one another, that enjoy being with each other like we enjoy being together because right. it just makes it so much more, you know, enjoyable to hang with people who are kind of on this on the same mm-hmm. page, the same book right. as you are. So the same definitely. philosophy, right, about exactly. love because everyone doesn't have that. I mean, exactly. they may believe, you know, I'm in it until it doesn't work out, then I'm out. Or some no. people are like, you know what, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, we had a – it's funny, when we first – we had this – we had two, I think, marriage counselors that I think for us was key. For us, that was key. And I think the first thing was we went, we first got married. Well, we've only been married one time. <laughs> Sorry, we first right. got, but we, we first when you got married, when we got married, pre, yes. Pre getting married, we had this like uh, marriage counseling thing at this church, and there were two couples that were leading it. And like one couple was like super, everything is great and like love. And this this one couple kept. Like the the husband would say something, and the wife would kind of like snipe at him, and then she would say something, and he 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 snipe back. We were like, "Damn, this is a what? is this not the couple?" But they were real, and like, what was real about them? They were like, "You like marriage is a roller coaster. Right. And you gotta ride it. Sometimes right. it's up, sometimes it's down, sometimes it moves side, it moves this way, but you gotta just stay on for the whole." 
tr- the whole ride. And then when we were got when we were married and we were going through a rough patch and we were seeing this marriage counseling, we were going to two marriage counselors. We would go to oh a, a secular yeah. marriage counselor who was like a real person, <laughs> and then we like went to our church. On Mar- yeah, it was like our, our wow. therapist was on Saturday, and then our ma- our church marriage you counselor was work. on Sunday. I love we it. And this and this the other married couple was like they were like and they were real. They were like we used to argue. And then sit separately in church. Like we couldn't even <laughs> sit together. I was like, damn, that's that's, that's real. That's that's sitting that's in your it. anger hard. Like we can't even sit together in church. Jesus is not even getting Yeah, like he can't even right. get y'all together. Y'all know y'all should come to church, but y'all know y'all can't even so so that was real. But they were they just were like a great mentor. But they were a great mentor because they were like they had come out of it and they were just like, you know, marriage is like there's no like the like you're the marriage. The marriage isn't this thing that exists over there away from you. It's right. like if you want if you want your husband to love you more, you want your wife to love you more, offer more love and tenderness. Like mm-hmm. you have to be the, you are the thing that makes it go, uh, to, which is sort of so counterintuitive so to the r- way we live the rest of our lives, right? And so they were just like, you know, it's a marathon. Like you don't, I remember when I, I asked uh, my grandmother, how do you get to 50 years? Because my, my, my grandmother, my grandfather had passed away and they had been married like 50 yeah. something years. And uh, she was like, the only way to get to 50 years is to get to 50 years. Mm. And that's mm. there's, like, there's no shortcut Gems. to it. There's no like, you're going to, you're not going to get there. If you think about anything over like a marathon, right. you're tired at the end. Like there's right. stretches where you in the miles that you're pushing through easy. There are stretches that are tougher. Like nobody comes out of the marathon like, oh, that was easy. That was great. I want to just hop in another right. one. It's like, it's difficult. It's trying, but you feel great. So like, I think that's the thing we try to see now is like being married being in like knowing her longer than when I haven't known her mm-hmm. is that the whole thing is like even though we're fighting now I'm like we we've fought before You'll be all and right. we'll push You'll past right. it it will be fine and yes it's just it just happens so rare that when it does it just stings a little more <laughs> because I'm like mm, you know just that's, ruining that's all true. kinds of vibes because when you get along like overall all the yes. time then when you're fighting you just you just don't want to be fighting no sometimes we my also know is I and be we've been someone that we also know like. We try to. We used to fight ugly, which was yes. a curse and like throw stuff. It used to be. Well, I would, she would throw stuff. I just was like, <laughs> bye bye. Slam doors, slam throw doors. Things. So it's now just, you fight pretty. Now we now we make the now we fight <laughs> where we don't. Yes, yes like we I don't did. like we don't yell, we don't right. curse. Like you certain things are rules. like off the table. Yeah. Like they're just like I don't throw anything. I don't slam doors. You know, I knew rules. I love it. You know, yeah. stuff like oh, I'm leaving or I, oh, I, never like, say that. Like, yeah. So all that, that, but that used to be like our, our first year was like a lot of that. So once we, but the thing is like we know. When I say fight, it's like we fighting is the wrong thing because we're not you using disagree. things in the fight. Yeah, but it's like now things we fight about are like things that we know. I don't want to say it hurt each other because we're not fighting to hurt each other. It's the issues that come up are very hurtful because they tap into a prime place for it's us deeper. just as people. Right. So I think like um, for her, her thing is always about, in, well, I won't say what her thing is always about. I don't know. Go. But, you, you, you think but you she, know. What, what's my thing? Like I'm I know for me, my thing is always like feeling like appreciated. Uh-huh. Like that's that's my thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, for her thing is, it's, it's it weirdly, it's, I don't want to say like being respectful, but I think like like making sure I'm always, you know, she's a lady and she's very much a lady. That's very what I love so. about her. And so Aww. there's a way that I can talk to her that makes her purr. And there's a way that I can talk to her that doesn't make her purr. And so sometimes <laughs> in the like life of crazy, I can forget sometimes to talk the purr talk. So I'm trying to, I need to just work more on the purr talk. But you know, sometimes Thank life you. is crazy. See, like you're like, right now, look, she look purring. She's, she's purring yes, right now, right? Yes, 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 well, yes. I love your openness and your honesty. And I love that you guys came to visit. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. 
having us. We'll have to have you back so we can keep going in. Yes, and really, real. I mean, because this is great. But and thank you for just you know telling a real love story. Yes, thank this you is for a great us. one. I love the ending. It's still going actually, but going I love strong. the beginning, the honesty, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks to our guests, Angie Nwandu from The Shade Room and Prentice and Tasha Penny. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes Girl. Girl. So these are conversations with Remy Ma, Sanaa Lathan, and Nisi Nash. You can find these on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcast. And don't forget to leave a review, please, while you're there. You can also reach me directly, Charlie. I'm at ManWifeDog. I'm Corey at Corey Murray. I'm Yolanda at Yoli Zama, Z-A-M-A. I want my name like yours, Yoli. <laughs> thanks to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. And thanks, of course, to our sponsor, Squarespace. Please support them the way that they support our podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye.